Well, we all face storms in life. Times of fear, times of struggle, times when things don't go our way, times where the noise is so loud and the rumble is so strong, it rumbles your house, it rumbles even your, your heart. And you might think, wow, if this lightning strike was just so close, the noise was so loud, you might just think, be quiet, be still, or you just kind of hold your ears. You just want to go to bed and wait for the storm to pass. Storms in life can bring chills down your spine. When I think about storms, real storms, powerful storms, I don't mean just a little rain shower. I mean strong storms, lightning and thunder, and uh, the sky opens up and the rain comes down like, like buckets. So strong, so powerful, so hard, it feels like it's going to crush you. Um, you wonder if you're even going to make it through the night. But I'll just say this, that if you're hearing my voice today, you made it through the night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joy comes yeah. in the morning, right, Jim? Joy comes in the morning. He did a great word a couple of weeks ago on joy on a Wednesday night. It's exciting to, to hear a strong word, and we just thank you for those that are willing to serve and to be part of what's happening here. But storms in life will come, and I want to encourage you this morning by saying, weeping comes at night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah. Gives us, um, there's times that we just doubt and we struggle and fears. But I say, give it all over to God. Give it all over to God. Allow him to help you and carry your burdens. He cares for you and he'll carry your burdens. He loves you greatly. He loves you dearly. Um, but we also need to do our part. I think sometimes the church forgets that we have a part and a function and a role to do. We are all given gifts and talents and abilities and we have a job to do. Do it. Do it. Do what you're called to do. Do what you laid on your heart to do. But first, give it to God. First, lay it, at, lay it all at his feet. Lay it all at the foot of the cross. Your burdens, your cares, everything. Surrender it all to God. Give it all to God and pray. And seek his wisdom. Seek his guidance in, in all of life's struggles, in all of life's under, uh, difficulties and, and trials. Give it all to God. And as you do that, ask for wisdom. And ask for guidance as well of discernment. And then obey it. Always obey his word, his will, his words, his ways, right? And they're the best for us. Regardless if we get it or not, or we believe it or not, it's what's best for us. And so... We need to understand that. We're going to read this morning a portion of scripture that's talking about the disciples and the storms that they faced, the storm that they faced, where they were so scared, they were so terrified, they thought they were going to die. And yet God had a plan and a purpose for them, even in the midst of the storm. And even as we go through storms of life, God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Amen? We're going to be reading from the book of Mark. You can start getting your Bible open and electronic devices to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 35 through 41. Mark 4, chapter 35. Entitled this message, Be Quiet, Calming the Storms in Your Life. Be Quiet, Calming the Storms in Your, in your Life. Why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word? This is the section that says, Jesus calms the storm. And that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. And there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up. And said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Mm -hmm. Then the wind died and calmed and was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Mm -hmm. Terrified, just terrified, and terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Mm. That even the wind 
the waves obeyed. Let's pray. God, even today, so many of us have these same fears and these same doubts, oh God. And they're asking, who is this? Who is this Jesus? Who is this, this one who can even make the storms quiet? Who is, who is this person, this prophet, this teacher, this, this person? Who is he? Help us, oh God, as we go through storms in our life. Navigate the boat. Navigate the ship. Take us wherever you want us to go, oh God, but take us there safely, oh God. Help us to get to the other side, oh God. Your word says that you will take us there. Take us there, oh God. Mighty God, move in this house. Move in this church, oh God. Lord, fulfill the promises that you have declared over us, oh God. Over this house, oh God. Over this community, oh God. You said you will do this. Now do it, I pray. Open up the floodgates, oh God. Open it up, oh God, and pour out rain on this house. Pour out rain. Pour out the fire that you promised, oh God. Pour it out on us, oh God. Open our hearts, oh God, to receive from you, mighty God. Do it, oh God. Do it as you said you would do it, oh God. Your word declares it, and we obey it, oh God. In Jesus' name, I pray over this word, oh God. I pray over the people, oh God. I pray that your purposes will go forth, oh God. In Jesus' most powerful name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <coughs> now, I'd like to point this out in this message. And I don't know if it's just about me, but storms are scarier at night. Does anyone else feel that way besides me, that storms are scarier at night? I, I'm driving and I'm in a storm. I'm like, I wish it was day. Because everything looks different at night. At least when the buckets are coming down, you kind of see certain things. But at night, your vision can only be so far. You can only see so far, right? So at night, it's just more scary, I think. But, but during the day, I'm not saying it's not scary, but at least you can kind of see. You can see the land. You can see further down the road. But when it's at night and there's no lights and you're in, you're in a big lake or an ocean or sea and you can't see, you can only see so far. That's frightening. That's scary. Boom. <laughs> that's, that's scary. But anyway, um, I, I, I don't know. Well, now, as Jesus begins to teach, a large crowd shows and shows up. And so often when Jesus speaks, a large crowd shows up. But we start seeing him speak about many different topics in these passages of scriptures, if you were in this book of Mark and these other gospel uh, portions. And we, know, we don't know how long he actually spoke. But we know that it's evening now and the crowds uh, have to depart and it's a time for Jesus to close up shop and close it up for, for the evening. And I love this story really for so many reasons. For one, we see the great miracles and power of God taking place. But we also see practical ministry here. I love that. Jesus is practical. We see practical ministry taking place here. And this is where the story picks up in verse 35. And, and, the, and the day when, uh, that day when evening came, and his, with his disciples, let's go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind him. And they took him along, and he was in the boat, and there were others in the boat, uh, other boats with him. Now, as a pastor, there's two things that definitely stand out for me, and maybe for you as, as well, depending how you look at it. There are times we just need to leave the church building and go elsewhere. Uh, gee, you can't sleep here at night. And, and, oh, you can, but you can't, right? But Jesus had a, a, a large crowd, and he ended the service even after his teaching time. It came to an end. And then he left. Now, we were at another church, and I know you can appreciate, there's a lady rose there, and she would turn the lights off and say, you, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> click, 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 and the lights would stop going off. You, 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 can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, and we need to shut it down. We need to shut the church building down. Sometimes we got frustrated with, we were in the middle of like just having a great conversation and things were going great, but it's time to go home. And you know, even when the Lord is moving powerfully, there's times that we just need to go home and go elsewhere for the night. Jesus modeled this at times, that, that you had to go home. The people needed a break, even if they don't think so. The people uh, needed to leave and get some rest, even if they don't want to. There's times that Jesus just shut things down. There are times at the service 
just needs to come to a close, even when the Lord is speaking, even when he's moving powerfully. And I know there'll be complaints when these things happen, but still, they have to happen, and people leave, and they have to go home. Now, don't get me wrong. When the Spirit of God moves, when the Spirit of God moves powerfully, we have to respond appropriately as well. And we love when people hang out before church and after church and, and just love catching up with people and lo love hearing the, the, the buzz. Thanksgiving Eve service, there was a buzz in this house, amen? For those that were here, people were hanging out. People came in early, stayed late. There was just a buzz in the house. It's so nice to hear the chit-chat. It's so nice to hear the stories and the testimonies of, of what God is doing. And, and if you haven't heard it, it, it's coming out, I think, today. It might be out already. And so you could, you could hear that, those testimonies, but you don't necessarily get the buzz. So you got to be here for the buzz. you got to be here for those connections. you got to be here. There's that touch and feel uh, that you just have to know and appreciate. And my family, we're known to shut down churches. And I mean not shut it down with the doors closed, right? Because, oh, what does that mean? We stay so long that, that they're like flickering the lights. you got to go home. you got to leave. We know that. We were, this is long before we were pastoring. We would just hang out for a long time, and, and then after the doors were closed, we'd go in the parking lot, and we'd hang out in the parking lot. And then when that didn't work, like my kids would even know, they'd be like, diner? Anybody want to go to the diner now? And then we'd take it to the diner, right? <coughs> take it to the diner. And um, lock, you know, well, the, the church building got locked up, and, and even the pastor and a lot of the elders and people, they're gone. We were still hanging around with the church family, just, just hanging out with them and loving them. And now in this story, they're outdoors. And so there's no, uh, I mean, obviously he can block out the sky to shut the lights and everything, but that's not what was happening on that day, not at that moment. Uh, but they were outdoors, and there's no really no fast food or diners for them to go to, and so uh, the people needed to leave, and the people needed to, to uh, go home or go somewhere else. Now Jesus gets on the boat, and he goes with his disciples to the other side. And again, this is practical ministry. Jesus reveals practical ministries to us. There's time that the buildings, the functions, the things need to be closed and another day, come back another time, another moment, right? But also I love what he does here. He sleeps. Jesus took a nap. He goes to sleep. He gets on the boat and he sleeps. You know, it's a long day of ministering. He's tired. He takes a nap. Wow, that amazes me. How practical is Jesus? He's very practical. Jesus was human. He was a human being, right? He understood that the body needs rest, and so do we, right? And soon we'll learn that right in the middle of the storm, he slows things down, right? He needed rest, and he falls asleep. The storm didn't seem to concern him. He had full faith and confidence in his God. Again, Jesus sets an example for us to follow, right? He sleeps in a storm, and he knows rest is so important if you want to get through to the other side if you want to be able to go long enough i tell people all the time i've never seen and maybe you have but i have never personally seen someone who has fallen because they didn't get the rest in there and they, they hit a whole other level of depression and anxiety and just totally um overdid their body a, a, a family member just said oh i went over 24 hours 48 hours whatever it was without sleep but then i shut down and i was like listen if you start hitting 48 hours with no sleep, it can be done. I've done it. But if you go too far, and everybody's different, if you go too far and you fall and you burn out, you burn out that body, I don't really know, I don't really know leaders who have gotten back after they seriously had a burnout level. They might get back good. They might get back strong. They might get back really what seems to be healthy. But, but if you know them, you don't seem to see them get back to where they were. They might, like, they might look good, but you knew that they were at a higher level at one time. Can't explain it. Our bodies weren't meant to be abused at the level they get abused, that we purposely abuse it. Jesus modeled rest. Jesus modeled prayer. Jesus learned to quiet things down and to be still. That's what I want you to get here. He had full faith and confidence. He, he, he got rest. He doesn't allow the current situation and storm to dictate his next steps. He's in control. He didn't allow the storm to control him. So he's not worried. He's not fearful, right? He, he knows his life and his future is in, is, is in the master's hand. He goes to sleep. He gets rest. 
He knows rest is important. We have to physically rest, and we have to spiritually rest in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen, Amen church? Amen. Amen. And when we do that, I believe peace starts coming over us. Joy starts coming over us. It's a new day. It's a new moment. Now, I think it's important to realize Jesus told him to go to the other side. This is what he said. And when Jesus tells us to do something, obey it. How simple is that? Trust and obey. There's no really better way. Trust and obey. And when you hear from him and you understand what he wants from you, obey him. I mean, why is this so difficult? This is so simple, but we tend to make this complicated. We over we overcomplicate these things in Scripture. Some of these things are just simple. God said it. That settles it. It's not even if you totally understand it. Some people say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, God said it, that settles it. It has nothing to do whether you believe it or not, but you should believe it, right? Amen? God said it, that settles it. I'm going to obey it, right? Hallelujah. We complicate things. When he says go, go. When he says go, you say okay. And then you can start asking for a clarity and questions. You could say, you can ask where, you can ask when, uh, how can I pay for this? I don't have the money yet, Lord. Can you give me a little insight on, on how this is going to work? Can you give me a little bit more specifics on this, right? Ask some uh, clarifying questions. This is okay. But obedience is key. Obedience is key. He's saying go. You're getting ready to go. Now go doesn't always mean right this second. But go very often means prepare. Get ready. Get your house in order. Get the things in order. Because you're going. So start getting on the boat. Start bringing your luggage. Start, start preparing. Right? Because you're going. Unless you're being disobedient. Then you're not preparing. Then you're not getting ready. Then you're not going. He says go. What do you do? Go. Can everyone just say go? Go. When he says go, you, you go. When he says go make disciples... Go, make disciples. In fact, I was taught that is, that word go is really in the going already. You're already doing it. It's continue doing what you've been doing. Continue going. Continue evangelizing. Continue going forward. When he says make disciples, go. Make disciples. When he says evangelize, go. Evangelize. Do these things. In fact, Crossroads Church has been serving, sending, and helping churches for over 70 years. That's amazing. We have been helping missionaries do, do missions of, of various times for over seven decades. This is a mission-minded church. Just look at the board back there. That's not even all the people that, that, were, that were serving and touching. Right? We have been helping ministers and, and, and missionaries for a very long time. And my heart is that we continue to do this. I hope that's your heart too. I hope you get excited about missions and missional work and evangelizing and making disciples. That is our calling. That is what we ought to be doing. If you're not doing that in various ways, maybe you're not obeying his word. And sending financial aid and help and support is one way that we do that. We want to continue being generous people, right? Right, Vinny? Continue to be generous people. Continue to be supporters of the work in this house and the, and the work for missionaries. This year we had a phenomenal year, a banner year. And so thank you all for your faithfulness and your giving and your generosity. But we all face hard economic times. Just read the news. Just look what's happening around the world. But you continue to give. You continue to be faithful. You continue to be good stewards of what Christ has put in your heart and your mind. And follow God. Continue to allow God to stretch you in various ways, even when you don't want to, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're in the middle of a storm and he's trying to stretch you, allow God to bless you, bless you richly in your serving, in your giving, in your going, in your purposes. Now, many of you have, have a heart for giving and generosity, but you might not have a heart for going. Just think about that. And so sometimes we have to think beyond giving. And, and going. And if you're interested in going on a, a mission trip, tell, tell me, tell my wife, tell some of the leaders here. We know dozens of missionaries, right? And so we, we can potentially help you with that, right? Second, if our church is not going on a trip, we know several churches that are going on trips and organizations that are going on trips. And so we can help partner uh, with them. We can help possibly set up some of those opportunities if there's an interest. But you have, to, you have to either do it on your own or you have to come and talk to us so that we know that there's an interest. 
It's like when you're trying to plan something and you're like, hey, let's go from point A to point B. You make a plan. You start preparing. You start listening. You start talking about it. What you're going to wear, where you're going to go, how much money. There's a process in place. You don't just go. There's things that you have to do. And so we'll partner with you. We'll connect with you. Or we'll connect you with them. So maybe we're not going, but you want to go and there's a trip. Talk to us. Let's see what we can, we can do. I know one church that prior to COVID, their goal was to do a missionary trip a week. A week. They went to, from once a month and then a couple of times more than that. And now their goal, their heart is to send people every week. That's their goal. That's their heart. That's a lofty goal. Now, they're a rich church on top of that, but that's, that's another story. Imagine they have the people and, and the organization and the structure to put something like that together. So there's really no excuses. Oh, well, that's cost extra money to go to that state and go there. Yes, there's a cost of discipleship. There's a cost to do certain things. And as you start getting more and more people involved and, and things are going in a certain way, then those costs can be joined together and effort can be joined together. Hallelujah. My prayer is that more and more people will become missional-minded people. Kingdom-building, kingdom-builders, missional-minded people, willing to give, willing to serve, willing to go. Oh, you need to get that in your core. That's, not, that's, just, that's just a little part of the message today, but it's important, willing to give, willing to serve, willing to go. I hope that's you. I hope that's in your heart. Oh, no, God. I want your best. I won't go. I want your best. But I won't do this. I want your best. But I'm not going to help give. There's just so many issues and stories right there alone. Let's be willing to give, willing to serve, willing to go. And we, we love hearing these stories. And Harry Payne, Harry and Carol Payne, we miss them so much. He told us so many of his trips and trips to India and elsewhere. And he would tell the stories and he would share the testimonies of, with so much passion and so much excitement. Amen. And when a missionary would come here, he, he was just so excited to, to be with them and spend time with them. And he gave so generously to them. And he always, no matter what number I came up with, Harry wanted it more. <laughs> if I said this, he said, right? Right, guys? When I, if I said this, he said this. If I said this, he said this. We collected this. He was like, give more. He always wanted it. So I already knew if I said you want to do it, he, like, he, he just had a smile about it, right? Harry, I miss you, brother. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. But the main point here is when Jesus says, go do something, go do it. Yeah. Amen? amen? Can I get a no hearty amen on that? Amen. Like you actually believe that? Amen. Amen. amen? amen. He says, go. We should go. He says, go to the other side. And so they went to the other side. Now, they were not going astray. And this is really important here. They, they weren't going astray. They, they weren't going off track. They were not doing their own thing, their own way. And they got on the boat and they started their journey. And they started going to the other side, being obedient disciples, right? And yet they ended up in a dangerous place. They ended up in the middle of a storm. And so we need to realize that you might be taking a trip or a journey or doing something for the Lord in obedience and end up in a very unsafe place. But be at peace if you heard from God, if he's the one who sent you, if he's the one who said, go do this. I anointed you in and appointed you for this time in this season. Go do this. Then you better do it. You should do it no matter what. Right. But it's very important to understand that storms will come your way as you serve the Lord and as you are being faithful. In fact, if you have no storms in your life, if everything is so good and everything is so grand, uh, maybe the devil is just simply leaving you alone because you're not a bother and you're not a threat to him. Just a thought. And think about that for a moment because if you're faced with storms uh, in your life and trials and hurdles and hard times that are beyond your ability to overcome, you might actually start praying. You might actually start fasting. You might actually start coming to church and surrounding yourself with other like-minded believers, right? You might actually start becoming a person of prayer. You might actually start saying, I need to be around my intercessors. I need to be around the people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. The people who are, who are just claiming Jesus and loving Jesus. I just need to be around those people. You might think, I just need to get back to church, get back to God, get back to doing the basic things that I know I ought to be doing. 
And we saw that with 9-11. If you were alive during 9-11, not everybody in the room was alive during 9-11, but if you were alive during that time, people were scared. People were distraught. People were shook to their core, right? And they started coming to church in droves, right? That's what started to happen. But Satan, he had to change it up the next time with COVID because he knew 9-11 didn't shake America enough. It shook him so much that they went to church. So he changed it up with COVID and he kept them out of the church. That's what he did. He made it more difficult for people to come to church and the governments rose up and the people had a veil put over their eyes where they could not see rightly. He worked so hard at closing the doors and not only in America, but really around the world. In fact, today so many people across United States, really around the world, still have not gone back to church. They go to work, they go to the marketplace, they go to school, they go out with their friends, they go out to eat, but they don't come to church anymore. That's too dangerous. That's a dangerous place to be together and to be in unity. And by the way, I do believe in community, we start gaining immunity. And unity. Just think about that. You go study that. You'll you'll understand some more that there's a science behind so much of what God has said because He's the one who wrote those books on science. Anyway, so many people just stay home. See, they don't need to follow God's word. It's not important to them. They think it does, but the way they act, the way they behave, they don't. In fact, listen. Let's just be real. It's easy to stay at home. I got, I, got my, I got families over here with kids, right? They got to get three, four kids out of the house. It takes work. It takes effort. If they don't just bathe themselves, they don't just clothe themselves, it would be easier to put a cookie in their mouth and turn on TV, have a nice day, right? It would be easier. Listen, it was nice to just come in my shorts and a t-shirt and go on the deck and just hit play and, hey, welcome, hey, great. You can't see that. Just wearing t-shirts and pants and shorts outside was just beautiful, to be able to do that. But I, I don't think that's the way it was really supposed to be long term. For a moment, yeah, I get it. And they can easily just watch it on their phone, watch it on their home, watch it on TV and just call it a day. And in many ways, easier. In many ways, more convenient. And I get it. We enjoyed it for a season. But I don't believe that that's the best course of action for our life. I don't even think it's biblical, to tell you the truth. It's a substitute for the real thing. But it's not the ideal thing. And I suppose that if you were living in a remote place and you had no access to people and maybe you lived in Little House of the Prairie somewhere and, uh, you know, the church building was, you know, you had to take a donkey or a horse and go 15 miles or walk barefoot somewhere. I, I get it. I get if there's some health issues and, and you're sick, you know, and, and you got, you're, you, you know, you got a fever and all that stuff. In the, in the days of old, which was just like four years ago, if you had a fever, you just stayed home. Now you're like... The whole house is like in lockdown and you got to like have, have, you know, call someone. They just throw the food on the, on the front steps. And then when they've gone in the car, you can open the door and pull in the food. Like, this is crazy that we live this way and that we're like, oh, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let me order another pizza. I just, <laughs> I, 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 anyway, um, it's like I get it if there's persecution. And, and you have an underground church or something like that happen. I get that, right? Um, but things got so bad and we're doing things only remotely through social media, through these things, there's some merit there. I get it, there's some merit there. But I'm just gonna say, we gotta be called, we gotta be, we gotta be careful about this church. We are called out ones. The church is supposed to be called out ones. Called out to what? To assemble. This government of the United States specifically allows us to come together. The, the arm of the government wasn't supposed to come in here and tell us what to do as we gathered together. There was a separation. Yeah, from them overtaking us. But not from us, from invading and infiltrating the government and the United States and state by state and place by place. We have a job to do. We the people. Not we the government. Yes. We the people. Another story, another topic, another day. But we are called out to assemble. That's your right. Called out, and, and the church was the Glacia, the called out ones. We're called out together to read God's word together, pray together, worship together, to be in community together. And not just in some virtual world, but in the real world. 
together. And I've said this before, and I want you to get this. I don't want a virtual wife. I don't want a virtual bride. Where I only get to see her and experience her through, through a TV screen. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I want to see her face to face. I, I want to see her heart to heart. I want to see her soul to soul. I don't want to see it through just a TV lens. A substitute for the real thing. And by the way, let me just get real for a second. Pornography. The industry is a billion dollar industry. Where people are trying to experience life through a computer screen, through a TV screen, where they watch and experience things in an inappropriate way because it's a substitute. It's a counterfeit. The devil knows how to counterfeit the real thing. And in that case, very, really wrong and sinful. And so I believe it's time for the church to have a wake up. It's time for the church to get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Yeah. It's time for the church to understand that there's more to come and more to do yeah. after we become Christians. There's more to come and more to do, church, right? We get water baptized. We get spirit baptized. There's things that are supposed to happen. We're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to be praying for people. Yes, we come in and we get strong and we get healthy. But then if you're not going out in your homes, in the street, in your work, in the marketplace... And you're not doing the things you're called to do, walking in the power and the authority of God, then you're not living the life according to Scripture that you were called to live. You need to be obedient to God's Word. And part of that church is purity, holiness, righteousness. You're called to worship and proclaim the good news of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus told him to go to the other side. Verse 37. A furious, ferocious storm comes. A ferocious squall came up, verse 37. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the, in the, the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now you have to remember, these are fishermen by trade. A lot of them were just fishermen by trade. And this storm was a bad one, right? Because they were terrified. They were frightened. They understood that they could die right now as the boat is going under. This was, this was worse than a normal storm. This was a ferocious storm. This was a squall. A sudden violent gust of wind or a localized storm, especially one that brings rain or snow or sleet. It came upon them so quickly. They probably weren't prepared for it. And it was ferocious and dangerous. Again, these were seasoned veteran fishermen who were fearful. I'm sure that would, we would, have blown, they would have, that would have blown our mind long before they got scared. And their lives are literally in danger. The boat started to fill with water. It appeared to be going down. The waves raged. The wind blew. Lightning exploded. This was, this was terrible. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Luke chapter 8 says it. They were in great danger. We know the boat started to sink. And where was Jesus? He was asleep. Verse 38, Jesus was on the stern, which is the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. Wow. Asleep in the middle of the storm. Disciples were so terrified. They were so dismayed and fearful. The boat was being swamped. And you know they weren't just watching. You know, they're bailing as fast as they can, right? They're praying. They're, they're trying to maneuver the, the sail. And they're trying to just try to get to the other side as fast as possible. And that boat is sinking. The waves are raging. See, they were no match for the storm. And church, we're no match for a lot of storms that we face in our life as well. It's beyond our control. It's above our pay grade. It's crazy at times. And we're working so hard to stay afloat. And yet at times we can't seem to stay afloat. It's, it's, it, it blows my mind sometimes. Is that how you feel at times? I know that's how I feel sometimes. I want to encourage you. While it's not always your fault, I want to say, make sure you do your part right. Make sure you're doing your part well. But most importantly, make sure you're taking it to Jesus. Yes. Amen. Let, let your prayer 
and your time with Jesus come before your storms in your life. So many of us, we just want to yell, Jesus, help me! Now that I'm in a storm. You don't want anything to do with him before 9-11. You don't want to do anything about him before COVID. You don't want to do anything before you were losing your house. And now all of a sudden you want to wake up and you cry out to him, where was he? Where was he? No, where were you when things were right and good and he was giving you a pause in your life so that you can catch up and take a breath? You were doing your own thing. And you squandered your time. And you wasted your life. And now you're later in your life going, woe is me, woe is me, where's my God? Now he was there all the time, but you weren't listening. You were telling him to be quiet instead of listening to his voice. Disciples woke up Jesus and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Wow, can you imagine going to Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings? Yo, bro, you don't care about me. That's what people respond to him. Y'all bro. You're the Messiah, do something about it. There's no respect. There's no honor. You don't care if we drowned? Matthew 8, verse 25 says it this way. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And I think what's very interesting here is earlier that day, Jesus was speaking about the parable of the sower. Still love is like the seed sown among the thorns heard the word. The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. And here we read about the disciples now worrying about their life. In Luke 8, verse 13, Jesus says, those on the rock are the ones who received the word with joy when they heard it, but it had no root. They believed for a while, but in times of testing, they fall away. These, these disciples now are being tested. They're being tested. The question is, are they falling away? See, fear often takes your eyes off the Lord. Fear often causes us to forget his word. Fear often makes us look at our situations differently. It often takes us off mission. It takes us off our calling. It takes us off doing what is, what is right. Our circumstances in life will often affect our thinking. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but it will affect how you think. They were fearful. They were in trouble. They were lacking faith. And just moments before the story, uh, Jesus speaks about the parable of the mustard seed. So we know that faith is important in our daily walk with God as well. And, and at times we don't even need a lot of faith. We just need faith. We don't need a, a, a ton of faith. We just need to place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ right person so many people are putting their faith in faith and the faith in their idols and the faith in their crucifix and all these other things let's place our faith in jesus christ yeah. hallelujah amen? Amen. amen and jesus doesn't only rebuke the wind and the waves he says be quiet mm -hmm. be still <coughs> excuse me but he rebukes the disciples as well for their lack of faith verse 39 and 40 he got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! The wind died down, and it was completely calm. Some people said it was as smooth as glass, immediately, to the point where you would even see your reflection in the water. I believe that's a miracle in itself, that it became so, so calm. I don't know about you, but, but I think that, you know, if you throw uh, the miracle... In a sense, you throw a rock in the water and you skip. I don't know if you ever did it. And then you see that ripple. And that ripple just keeps going. You just see it go and go and go. So it went from smooth to ripple. Here it went from this raging sea to calm to the point you can see a reflection. Raging waves to a calm sea. Total peace. Total peace. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Wow. Some might say that's a harsh word for, for him to do that. Nevertheless, it's true. The Lord is preparing them for future battles and future hard times and future storms that were coming their way. For example, soon he would be crucified. He would be beaten. He would be bruised. He'd be taken away. 
he'd go to a cross and be killed. This would be a major test for the disciples. And through their trials, through the circumstances, the question is, will they still trust the word of the Lord? And knowing the Lord's words and placing their faith in him, he's going to get them through the storm. He's going to get them to the other side. He's going he's to deliver them. And so there will be more lessons to be learned and more trials and storms to come. But for now, lesson learned, their own mission, they're going to get to the other side. Amen. Remember, though, they were obedient disciples. And they were working so hard. But no matter how hard they worked, no matter how hard they rode, no matter hard, how hard they, they bailed, they were unsuccessful. Have you ever felt that way? You work so hard. You try so hard. You just can't seem to stay afloat. Things get worse. And then the storms get more fierce. And you feel like you're drowning. Just like my wife said earlier, we know at least four people this week who passed away. The storms just keep coming. The struggles keep happening. The woes are still there. And these disciples, they were no different. Except they actually were with Jesus in the physical. They saw him. They walked with him. They knew him. And yet, they still allowed fear to grip their heart and their mind to get the best of them. And I try to remind myself on a regular basis that the Lord got my back. The Lord got my back regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what I see, right? I, I try to stay on track and do what's right. And so there's this battle that takes place in my spirit and in my flesh, right? There are times that my brain just keeps saying, quit, stop, take it easy. You, you earned a break, right? You, you, you deserve better. My spirit comes along and it says, uh, hey, your reward is right around the corner. Uh, you stay faithful. You stay on course. You stay on mission, right? You stay focused on what I ca called you to do. And you're working for me, not, not man, you do what's right when others leave you, when others abandon you, when others forsake you, when others hurt you, when other people are doing things that are just messy and, and messed up. You stay focused, and, and I'm going to help you. Yes. I'm help you get through the storm of life and get through the, to the other side. And I want to hear those words from the Lord. I want to hear it for myself. And I want to hear it for you as well. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. 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 <coughs> I believe his word. And I believe there will be crowns and rewards in heaven. There will be a reward for our faithfulness. Amen? Amen. And there will be responsibilities and promotions to come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want to hear those words from the Lord. I want to hear from the Lord. And I want to obey the Lord. I hope you want that too for your friends and for your family, but for yourself as well. And if storms come, and by the way, they will come, yeah. our attitude should be, I will do my part to the best of my ability. Yeah. But often that's just not enough. But even though it's not enough, guess what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to work. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to praise. I'm going to give up my worship anyway, right? I'm going to give. I'm going to go. I'm going to continue to operate in faith. And I'm going to ask the Lord, give me wisdom. Give me direction. Give me discernment. Guide me, right? Help me. Be with me. Why? Because my best is never good enough. And so we must rely on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We must do this. And we, we need to do this. And this, this will help us and to recognize and to rely on the Lord more than we do it for ourselves. Because if we're not careful, pride steps in. And pride comes in and says, you don't need him. And you start to think, well, I'll just do it on my own. I can make it on my own. I don't need anyone else. I'll just do it on my own. I don't need help. I don't need anyone else. That's pride, church. That's prideful yeah. talking through you. None of us can truly do it alone. We weren't meant or designed to go it alone or do it alone or to live that way. We need the Lord. We need each other. We need His church. Because He had planned and designed it that way. And so often people simply just go against the tide. They try swimming upstream against the current. And they would say, and I would say, even against what the Lord wants for them. For example, when the Lord says, go, do this and that. Well, the attitude is, 
Not today, Lord. I have other plans. Not today, Lord. I don't feel like getting out of bed. Not today, Lord. There's a lot of distractions that I have in my home. I'm not going to do it today. Right? I have goals. I have dreams. They, don't, they weren't satisfied yet. Well, let me tell you something. When you go against the Lord, you'll never be satisfied, truly. Sure. Wonder why? It's simple. We listen to all the other noises and sounds instead of listening to the word of the Lord. But I say be quiet. Be quiet to those voices. Shut them down. Drown them out. Listen to the voice of God. I say be quiet to the storms of life and the raging waves and the people and the things that simply want to take you off course and take you off mission. I say be quiet. Be quiet to those that are telling you you're no good. You're not qualified. and You're stupid or lazy. You're not good looking enough. Be quiet. Be quiet to those naysayers, right? Those who say, it can't be done. You can't do it. You're not good enough. Be quiet. And when you're called by God, when, when you hear the voice of God, when you know when you call that you've been called, you need to respond. And he's telling you what you should do next. And he's telling you where you should go. You, you, you go. You give. You do. You simply do it. You simply say, yes, Lord, I will trust and obey you. And many of us, many of us, if you're called, if you're saved, you're called. You're called to be mission-minded. You're called to serve and to do so many things. Tell those naysayers, be quiet. Tell those distractors, be quiet. Sometimes you need to just tell your boss, be quiet. You might lose your job. But you might, you might need to say that. You might need to say, no, not this week. I have a responsibility. Change up your schedule like you do for a doctor's appointment. There's times that you have to have a meeting with God and you choose work over God. Yeah. You choose your family over God. Right. You tell God to be quiet. Mm. The Bible says, submit to God. Yes. Resist the devil and his minions. Yes. He would flee. Yes. Listen, if Satan has to flee, his goombat's got to leave too. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? If you don't believe that, if you're not walking in that, the devil wants to take you off track. The devil does not want you to hear the voice of God. The devil does not want you to come to church. The devil wants you to, to, to be steeped in your woes and your distractions and, and your messed up life. The devil doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to read the, the word of God. He doesn't want you to fast. He doesn't want you to worship. So we must stay close to God. Even when God seems to be silent at times. Even when he doesn't seem to be listening. Even when at times you might think he's asleep. But know that God loves you. Know that God cares about you. Yes. Know that God wants a forever relationship with you. His love has not changed for you. That's right. Hasn't changed for you. You, you silence him out. He doesn't silence you out. Even in silence moments, trust the Lord. We are to trust His Word. We are to remain faithful regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel. Too many of us are, are mo well, listen, we've been created with emotions, but we're letting emotions to govern us and rule us right. instead of the Word of God. Yeah. Whether it's emotion or the Word of God, emotion, Word of God, it's a no-brainer. Word of God every time. doesn't mean that your emotions aren't real. But they're not always right. So I continue to ask God's will to be done. And then I want to embrace it faithfully. Verse 41, they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? So the water is calm and the storm is gone. And what happens? They were even more terrified. They asked, who is this? Let me tell you, sometimes when God moves powerfully, it scares people. You know, these people who see angels and they're like, what's up, Mr. Angel? Listen, I'm sorry, Angel, he's not here anyway. But the thing is, is angels typically don't work that way. There's times that you don't know that you've been in the presence of an angel. But when the angel reveals himself in a powerful way, you're not like, yo, what's up, bro? No, you are kneeling down. You are bowing down. You are frightened. You, you are scared. They were terrified. They were in the presence of greatness. They were in the presence of of God himself. They were presence of the one who can calm the storms. But they had a question. 
And it's a profound question. And you should circle it in your Bible. Who is this? Who is this? Let me give you a couple of scripture verses here. Maybe you want to jot some of them down. I'm going to rip through it right now. So listen quickly. Write faster. <laughs> Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet, for us there is one God, the Father, for whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Just a couple of more here. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is on our boat. He is on our ship. He should be the one guiding us and leading us. Amen. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still helping his disciples. Amen. John 14, verse 9. Jesus said, have I been with you so long that you still don't know me? Philip? But I would say, you still don't know me? And put your name there. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. See, we often lack faith because we don't understand who Jesus is. When you stop understanding who he is, when you don't realize who he is, you, you have fear. Jesus, who is God, lived on earth, born of a virgin, filled with power and authority from God because he was God. 100% God. He was 100% God. 100% man. This is a mystery and a miracle. He died on the cross for our sins and he was raised, right, for life three days later. He's praying for us. He's caring for us. He's loving us. He sent us his comforter. He sent us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us to those who receive the free gift of salvation. He's the miracle worker. He's the one who can calm the sea, calm the storms in our life. And when he tells us to go to the other side. Be faithful, church, and go to the other side. Get up and go. Get up and do. Obey his words every time and follow his ways. And when you decide to receive Jesus by faith, the free gift of salvation, he will save you and he will transform your heart and your life. Now, we have so much uncertainty in this life with so many storms and hardships. Why would anyone purposely want to go it alone? Especially without Jesus. That would be futile. That would make no sense. It doesn't make sense to go and do life without Jesus. And I think it's because they don't know who he is. And they don't know him like I know him. And they don't know him maybe like the way you know him. But that could all change in a New York minute. I'm in New Jersey. So, New Jersey minute. Right? When you truly experience God's wonder, His grace, His majesty, you understand that He's in control of the universe and nature and the wind and the waves and the storms. It makes you humble, yeah. humble yourself in the sight of the Lord so He might lift you up. May faith arise in you. But at times fear overcomes us. And disciples, it causes them to ask, who is this? And that can be a good thing when we ask those questions and we wait in his presence for answers. Yes. But once we know who he is, that Jesus is God, that he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords and he is the Messiah and the, and the Savior of the world. And once you know that and you know that no storm is too big for him to say, peace, be still, for him to handle. Once you understand that, faith must arise in you and peace and joy I believe will comfort you and follow and you will start saying it is well with my soul it is well with my soul this should cause you to want to go deeper to serve him more passionately to know if he's with you who can be against you no storm no person no disease no situation no demon can get between you and the love of God, the perfect love of God. So in the next few moments, I just wanted to have us even start to reflecting on this message. Is anyone here listening, here in this room or over social media, never received Jesus, 
don't know what would happen if you were to die today, if you would go to heaven or hell. We're all going to die one day. Love the opportunity to pray with you and for you and with you. My wife as well, some other leaders. The important thing is that we need to learn to quiet the noise. Be still to the noise. Listen to the voice of God. Speak to him from your heart. Repent for your sins. Invite him to be Lord of your life. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Don't ever get tired of hearing those verses. Romans 10, 13. <coughs> Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's simple to respond to the Lord. But so many people have just hardened their hearts to him. They rejected him. They silenced him. Instead of yielding to his will and ways. Don't let that be you today. Don't let that be you today. Respond to him. In a moment, these altars will be open. You want us to pray with you, just let us know. If you want to receive Jesus, just let us know. Write us or email us. Would you stay with me, church? And I want to challenge you in the next few moments that we have. If you're going through a storm, listen up. If you're going through a storm, a battle, a situation that's too difficult for you to handle alone, it's beyond your control. You're not sure what's going to happen next. You're not sure where you're going to end up next. You're not sure what the next steps should even be. Let's take it to God who knows all things. Let's, let's, not, let's not get tired of doing this. Let's take it to God who sees all things and is capable of carrying us through the storms of our life. Let's take steps of faith. And right now, these altars are open. There are things that we're going through, struggles that we have. And I would be as bold as saying everyone has it, but not everyone's willing to take a step in front of the people. Let's pray with you and pray for you. If you want to be anointed with oil, you ask. I don't just take that for granted. Call upon the elders of the church, you ask. Now there's times that we will anoint you with oil. We always ask. But more importantly, is that the church asks, why? Just because the Bible says so. It's the only reason. The Lord has his reasons. I didn't ask him. When I'm in heaven, I might ask him. I probably won't even care about that just when I'm in heaven. <laughs> right? If you have a private matter, a personal matter, and you don't want to say what it is, you could just say, I have a situation that I need you to pray for me for. We'll pray and agree with you. We'll come alongside of you. Family is supposed to come alongside family because families are so messed up in the world and in the church as well. We don't do it. We stop acting like family. We stop acting like the church. Don't allow pride to get in the way between you and your miracle. Take steps of faith. Don't allow the voices of people to speak louder than the voice of God in your mind. Tell the doubt Tell the naysayer, tell that report, tell those things that are hindering you, that are getting in your way, that are hindering you from taking steps of faith. Simply tell it, be quiet in Jesus' name. Be quiet in Jesus' name and allow God's voice to move you to faith and to action. And let's encourage every one another in, in prayer and faith as we look to God for our answers, salvation, and our healing. Let's look to God. Let's sing the song, Old is Open. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my health comes from. Give me wisdom you know just what to do
we ask the other voices to be quiet. And the only voice we really want to hear, oh God, is your word, oh God. As we learn throughout this, this today, oh God, that your word is to be exalted, to be praised, to be lifted up higher and higher. There's power in your name. There's power in the word of God. So we ask these other sounds and distractions and storms, be quiet in the name of Jesus. And we submit to you, God Almighty, carry us to the other side. Bless your church, your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greet someone with a smile. Have a blessed day. God bless you.